Welcome back to the Wally Pip Podcast. I'm Ryan Upton. And I'm Jake. And today, we got all of that. We have a little uh Stuff, little, remember, yeah. little scuffle. Yeah, so might have jinxed ourselves, but yep. end of semester's here. Still going home. We'll be back hopefully January eighteenth. 18th. 18th at all that. Yep, and then classes start the nineteenth, I think. Correct. So today we're gonna talk about baseball. We're gonna go over the MVP uh, winners, the Cy Young winners. We're gonna touch on a little bit the of Hall of Fame ballot. Hall of Fame ballot and just some player updates that have happened around the league. I guess we can start off with MVP. We got yeah, sure. So Jose Abreu won it in the American League, and then in the National League, Freddie Freeman won it. And I predicted Freddie Freeman in the National League. And I have to say, this was despite being, despite having a COVID year, the sixty-game season, or whatever. Freddie Freeman was the only player deserving. I mean, who are the other candidates? Manny Machado was one. Yep. I don't know who the other one was. I, I mean, I think I do, but I forgot. Either way. There, there were three top, like top three finalists. I know Freddie Freeman and Manny Machado obviously was one, but Freddie Freeman was the only one deserving of that award to me. He hit, he had like his average was great. It was like three forty plus or something like that. Dude hit close to twenty bombs, drove in like sixty runs. Um, he had a really good year, and Freddie Freeman was like he's slowly making himself like. I'd be there's Ronald Lacuna in the Braves orga- organization. There's Dansby Swanson who's a up and like great shortstop who, who's Ever since he was drafted a few years ago out of Vandy, first overall, he's been not a disappointment. He's living up to the name. But Freddie Freeman, to me, personally, is the face of the Braves franchise, and it's awesome for him to get his first MVP award. I mean, he's been there for so long. And he's Yeah, he's he's like Joey Votto for the Cincinnati Reds, or what Justin Verlander was, was. or Miguel Cabrera is right now for the Tigers, the face of the franchise. He's the face of—Freddie Freeman's the face of, face of the franchise, excuse me, for the Braves. Yeah. And Freddie Freeman, rightfully so, deserves— this National League MVP award. Just to touch on his statistics, he had 214 at bats. He had a 341 batting yep, average, so with, slightly above 340. Yep, 13 home runs, 53 RBIs, two stolen bases, and an OPS of 1.1. 1. 1. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's really good. That's like, that's cr- very good. Yeah. And we have to remember this guy's playing in the show, and I couldn't even do that if I wanted to at the Division Three level. Correct. That's why I'm a PO now. <laughs> Both of, I hit Both of us. I hit 230 my sophomore year, and here I am now throwing baseballs off the mound. So. Yep. Well, we can watch at least. That's all that matters. And then going to Jose Abreu, he – I mean, that was a lot closer of a race on the AL side, kind of. I mean, Abreu, DJ LeMahieu, Jose Abreu, and who was the other one? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was one of the pitchers, if I was correct, but I could have been wrong. I, I have no idea. Okay, see, I only know two, two in each league. But it's a <laughs> top two. But uh, – yeah, Abreu, his stat line was also off the charts. Very impressive. He had 240 at bats, 317 batting average, 19 home runs, 60 RBIs, okay. and an OPS of .987, which also is still very, good. very, very, very good. good. Freddie Freeman just had a crazy year. Like, yes. If you have an OPS over 1,000, you're, you're out of this world crazy. Correct. So that was really cool, and Jose Abreu was just as close. Yeah. So I think – the American League, you said, was a lot closer, yes. I think. I think Freddie Freeman ran away with it in the National League, rightfully so. Like I said, his numbers just were better than everybody else's. Jose Abreu also had a little bit of competition. Now, I don't know. I can't remember for the life of me who the third candidate was, but I know DJ LeMahieu, who's been crazy the last few years. 
um, ever since he joined the Yankees, the, the pin, like, well, ever since he put on the pinstripes, yeah. he's been a stud. He was good in Colorado too. Yeah, he's been the Rockies. He was a Gold Glove middle infielder. He won a batting title with the Rockies. He also won a batting title with with the Yankees. Yes, excuse me. And he was, I think, he finished second place in MVP voting. Yeah, I can't remember. But either way, Duke can hit for power a little bit. His run production's there, and he also hits for average. And every time you have DJ LeMay, he, he's a free you agent this year, You know where he went to too. high school, too, right? Yeah, Brother Rice yeah, in, in, in Michigan. By us. Yeah, Bloomfield Hills. So. And he played, and then committed to LSU, played at LSU, and he was a stud there. Dude hit, like, 350 every single year in, at LSU. I know he was, a, I think, was he a first-round draft pick? Uh, I can check real quick. It doesn't matter. Anyways, dude's a stud. Dude's probably going to win MVP in the future, but it was Jose Abreu's year at the end of the day. He was drafted 79th overall, so second round pick. Second round. But still, still good. Yeah, very, very good. A lot of money there. Yeah, absolutely. And then going to the Cy Young candidates, or Cy Young winners, I Shane Bieber in Shane. the American League and, and Trevor Bauer in the National League, who we've talked Trevor Bauer, we talked we've, about and had we've a talked segments. We've talked him up quite, quite a large amount, and he, to say I the least, backed it up with a large amount of baseball we we talked the talk and he walked the walk that's all that's all that happens i mean he had an outstanding year trevor bauer wasn't his era below like one or something yes that's ridiculous or no i think it was just at one it was yes he finished the 2020 season with a 1.73 era but he didn't give up more than two runs in a baseball game so That'll, that'll play he he had a very good year he to go over his stat line, he had he started eleven games, went five and four with a one point seven three ERA, seventy three innings pitched, a hundred strikeouts with a point seven nine WHIP. And it makes me happy that what was his record five and four? Yes, which isn't terrific, but no. at the same time, it makes me happy that the Baseball Writers Associ- Association, who are like deciding who wins the awards and whatnot. It makes me happy that they're not considering that win and loss stat because the win and loss stat, honestly, is not on him. It depends on his offense. The, his offense and the run production. So, say Trevor Bauer throws a gem, allows one earned run, his offense could put up zero runs because they're facing a, a pitcher who's dealing. That I mean, it's not really on Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer's job is to keep the run production low, it's to get outs, and that's it. Now, his offense is the one who has to back him up. Yeah, it's pretty impressive if you in a sixty game season if you go nine and zero, like that's really cool. But at the same time, five and four, he's Trevor Bauer's basically doing his job, but the offense for him wasn't. Now the Cincinnati Reds were still a playoff team; they got swept in the first round in the wild card series against the Braves. And here's an example of this: Trevor Bauer in the first game only allowed like one run. Yeah, and he lost. pitched. He went like seven seven innings, seven eight innings, and he lost that game. So he, that that first game of the wild card series is a perfect example of Trevor Bauer posting a 5 and 4 record during the regular season. And he he basically Trevor Bauer just went off this year. His offense despite being a playoff team didn't really go off. The Cincinnati Reds, I know for a fact because I remember listening to the game or watching the game that wild card series when they played the Braves and I remember the Reds had the lowest batting average in all of baseball. Yeah. So that's why Trevor Bauer did not get the run support he deserved. Correct. Either way, he deserved that signing award. We talked about him a lot this year. He's an interesting character to follow based on his social media, what he does for charity, how he carries his mound presence, like what he does in-game and whatnot. He's awesome. And what's really cool, 
and I know I'm going on a Trevor Bauer rant here because I like the guy, but like at the same time, like I might honestly get a Trevor Bauer jersey for Christmas. I love him, but same. yeah, you can't like yes. I can't help it. But either way, Trevor Bauer and Shane Bieber were on the same team last year in Cleveland, along um, with Clevenger, along with Mike Clevenger, who now is out for the year with Tommy John. Out we'll, for the we'll, talk, we'll, we'll talk, talk about it in a second. Anyways, Trevor Bauer and Shane Bieber played on the same team last year. Imagine if Trevor Bauer stayed in Cleveland and Shane Bieber's, like, obviously, in, imagine both of those guys in the rotation, Bauer 1, Bieber 2, or vice versa, well, Bieber, you could say the Bieber same 1, or Trevor with, Bauer 2. You could say the same thing with Detroit in 2012 and 2013. You had Verlander, the Cy Young, Scherzer, Cy Young, David Price, Price. Shy, Cy Young. Doug Fister, who also had a really good year. Porcello, Cy, Cy Young. Young. Yeah, exactly. Perfect example right there. It's just... And that hits home for us because obviously the Tigers are our hometown team, and now look at them. But Tigers are on a on a side like on a brief side note. The Tigers are making some strides. Hopefully, it works works well for them. But anyways, going Shane, to Bieber, it's really let's, it's let's, really cool to see Shane Bieber and Trevor Bauer go off, and they were on the same team last year, and also they're two Ohio teams, yeah, Cincinnati and Cleveland. And they had they had a pretty good Twitter like beef, not beef. They're bet like they're they're very good friends. I don't want right. to put best friend tag on them. <laughs> sure, sure, but uh, they uh, they're really good friends, and they were always beefing back and forth on Twitter like who's gonna get more strikeouts at the end of the year. Like Bauer would tweet at him like, yeah, I had 13 strikeouts this game, and Bieber would go out the next day and pitch like they're competitive. 11. Oh, huge, very. And Bauer kind of got screwed over because he got the COVID thing with um, Cincy. Cincy. So like he lost a few starts that. Yeah, should have. And he, I know, he might have been able to go longer because I think he pitched two seven-inning shutout games. So yeah, right. he he didn't have the opportunity to go full nine. And I know so. Cleveland. Didn't, I don't think ran into any issues this they year. Did not. So that's that's cool. And Shane Bieber, rightfully so, also in the American League. I don't know his stat line. I can tell you right now. Awesome. He let's had, hear it. He pitched twelve games. He had an eight and one record with a one point six three ERA, seventy-seven innings pitched, one hundred and twenty-two strikeouts with a point eight seven WHIP. Wow. Yeah. So, and, and I know, I know we didn't get to see a lot of Shane Bieber or Trevor Bauer in the postseason because they both had early exits in the wild card series. The Indians lost to the Yankees and the Reds lost to the Braves. But the thing was, Shane Bieber, who had a better, what was Shane Bieber's ERA? Uh, one point six three. Okay, so slightly better than um, Trevor Bauer's. Yeah. Shane Bieber, who was lights out all year, actually struggled in his first game in the postseason. The Yankees lit him up. Like he Correct. gave up a lot of home runs. There's he gave up there was a lot of extra base hits off of him. Yada yada yada. Now Bauer went out, he actually did very well. Either way Yeah, Bieber had one more start than Bauer. Yeah, either way it was surprising to see Bieber struggle, but at the end of the day, during like based on his regular season performance and how he did, Shane Bieber and Trevor Bauer are both deserving of the of the award. They were the only two guys that come to mind that I thought deserved it, like a hundred percent. I don't know if it was unanimous. I know Jacob DeGrom was in the mix in the National League. I know Hunjin Ryu and I don't know if it's Tyler Glass now or Blake Snow or someone. I don't know who the other one was. But either way, everyone was deserving of, of the nominations. But I think Trevor Bauer and Shane Bieber were the top the top two pitchers that come to my mind that deserved it, and they won it. So, Do a little side note on Trevor Bauer. I don't know if you know this. However, Trevor Bauer, he did his – we talked about it a lot in previous podcasts. So we did like the on in-season – vlogs for youtube he's doing one now for like going through his free agent process which is actually pretty interesting of like all the meetings that they go through and a bunch of other stuff mm-hmm. and momentum who's his company who also works very close with driveline like the pitching and yeah and hitting. trevor bauer's a big driveline oh, advocate. huge driveline they're doing a documentary that's supposed to come out at like a f- 
I think he said like three months after he signs, we don't know when he's going to sign, however, of going through the whole free agent process of what they did. I will definitely watch that. Yeah, so it's a a good thing to look forward to. I'm really excited for that. But going back to Mike Clevenger, and he signed a two-year deal with the Padres. Recently, right? Yes, the day before he figured out he had to have Tommy John surgery. Tough. Very tough. So he signs a two-year deal and then can't play one of the years. Now, the Padres don't have a power rotation, but the rotation – their team in general is on Just the rise. Just a strong, very, very They're strong candidate. Mike Clevenger was definitely the biggest piece, arguably one of the biggest pieces in that Padres rotation. And for him to be out for the next year with Tommy John, which is awful, but you know sometimes pitchers come back very strong from that. They add velo, they they shove, you name it. I know Justin Verlander recently underwent Tommy John. He missed this year with Houston, basically. But I think Mike, I think the Padres will be okay based on their offense. When you look at their offense, they have Fernando Tatis, they have Manny Machado, they have Eric Hosmer, they have Jake Cronenworth, who was a Rookie of the Year candidate this, this year in the National League. Fam. Tommy Pham, who's always been an average, slightly better than average yeah. baseball player. Very reliable baseball player. They have, and then they have a couple good bench bats too. They have, I mean, they have Mitch Moreland. They have Francisco Mia, who's their backup catcher, who's a, been a prospect. Their starting catcher now is Austin Nola, who wasn't a catcher for most of his career. Actually, no. until like in the last couple of years, he yeah, kind of like transitioned. He, sl- he flipped. So the story behind that is he flipped with another position player, another prospect in their uh, organization. They're like, we just want you guys to flip positions entirely. So you're going to go play catcher, and I think the other one was – I think he was a third baseman. They're like, just screw it. We're just going to flip it. You're going to play third base. You're going to play catcher, and it worked out. Pretty well for both of them. I'm pretty sure the other guy is like a top two prospect mm-hmm. in the And I know Austin right Nola has been like he's a very very good, he turned himself he into never a very good caught. defensive catcher. He hadn't caught since high school. He's just an athlete. Correct. He because I remember watching the Padres in the postseason because they played the Dodgers in the DS and lost. I remember watching him a little bit during the regular season, and he looked like he was a natural catcher beyond yes. the dish. So it's really cool. And the Padres, I think, on their offense alone, will win some games. I don't, I'm not concerned. Like they're not the Cincinnati Reds. I'm not con- too concerned about their run production, but nonetheless, losing Mike Clevenger, who's been a stud pitcher for the last few years, he hasn't been in the league for too long, maybe a few years of that. But ever since his nickname Sunshine, because he's always in a good mood. Yeah, ever this since is, this, he, was a, this was his fourth year. Yeah, ever since he made an appearance in the league, he's always he's left like he's left. What could I say? He's left a mark, I guess. He's he's done a really good job. He's a good personality for the game, right? Too. Like he's positive. He's a good like he he represents baseball well. Correct. And I think it's gonna it's gonna be sucky to not have him for a couple of years or I mean this year, excuse me. But uh, hopefully he comes back from Tommy John and we'll see him in twenty twenty two. Yes. Nonetheless, it'll be weird without him in twenty one. Correct. And moving on to the twenty twenty one Hall of Fame ballot that just yep. got released. We have some names that yeah. Are, name like some of the bigger ones that the you big think we'll the get. bigger the bigger names that I would say have a chance. I wouldn't say that they're going to get in for sure. I'd say the only name that has a possibility to get in as of right now would be Tory Hunter. Tory Hunter, I think he'll get in as a Minnesota Twin. Yes, he he played for the Tigers for a little bit and he left his mark here in Detroit. But Angels as well. And oh yeah, can't forget about the Angels. Yeah. I think he was in Minnesota first, right? Yep. And then L.A. and then he went to Detroit. Yes, and correct. then he ended his career there. Yes. He goes in the Hall of Fame. I think he goes as a twin. Yeah, 100%. He played there for like 80 years. Right. So that, and then we have Mark Burley, pitcher for the Chicago White Sox. Very solid pitcher. He pitched a perfect game. 
when I think of Mark Burley, I mean, yeah, I think of that per- that perfect game, and I'm, I think of Dwayne Wise making that play in the outfield. Yes. I also think of Mark when I think of Mark Burley, I think of that through the legs or behind the back toss yes. to Paul Canerco at first base. Correct. And Paul Canerco barehanded it or whatever. I think that was sick. But Mark Burley, I think there's a good chance he could get in. He had a pretty good career. Uh, other big names: Barry Zito, good, former great athletic, pitcher. great pitcher. Yep. Um, Shane Victorino, who I would say kind of screwed up our Tigers. Oh, and when he played for Boston. Yeah, yeah. That was in 2013. That was the 2013. Yeah, was grand slam. I think that was the division series, though, right? Or was that the? No, that was the the championship championship series. series. Yeah, he had a grand slam, and that was all she wrote. Yep. And I know David. That's when Tori Hunter fell over the wall in right field when David Ortiz hit that game tying. Was that a grand? I think that was a grand grand slam slam too. too. Yep. Gosh, what a. I, yeah, just make me mad. Very Shane, uh, and then AJ Burnett, also very pretty, pretty he, solid pitcher throughout his career. To be honest with you, I I know a, I I knew AJ AJ Burnett, excuse me, was like a decent pitcher for most of his career. To be honest, I would have never guessed that he was a Hall of Famer. Like I didn't know, like I I didn't grow up watching AJ Burnett. I remember playing like MLB Power Pros like back when yeah. I was younger and playing the show back when it was kind of new in the early teen like. 20 teens correct and aj burnett was always decent but i honestly never thought he was gonna be a hall of famer i mean he's not a hall of famer he's just on the ballot he's just on the ballot but and then nick swisher former yankee kind of he ended his career quickly or quicker he was like i think he played 11 seasons in the mlb became a pretty good broadcaster he was a great he was a great personality for baseball like oh yeah, funny guy. Very, he's a character. He's a character of a guy. And then last kind of reminds me of Trevor Bauer, but from the offensive standpoint. Yeah, and that's just like he also predated like each like social media. So like I could only imagine him now on social he, media. He has well, Nick Swisher has over a million followers on Twitter. Yeah, I know. So because uh, he was originally like, what do you mean he predated? Like he like he wasn't like YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter was not big when he was playing. Like but prime of his career, like, right? But now he, like, I think he slow like, when Instagram and Twitter and all that was were kind of yeah. new, he kind of slowly started making a name for, for himself on social media because yeah. he because of that character aspect that yes. he possesses. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if Nick Swisher got in. I know he was a decent hitter. I don't know how he hit average-wise. He only wise. played, like, 10 seasons, yeah, so but 10 or 11 If he seasons. gets in, I think he gets in with the Indians, right? Probably over the Yankees? Probably. Uh, he spent I most of his career in Cleveland. I know that for a fact. Yeah. But, like, I think it, it could have been, like, half and half, honestly. Yeah. Now, I would have to look at the stats, but I just remember watching him grow up. Like, I remember him as a Yankee. He also had that short porch in right field in, in New York, where, which helped with a lot of his home run production because he – I don't know. I, don't, I think he was a switch hitter. I, I can't yes. – I, I uh, can't recall for, for sure. portion of his career. I, and think, he he, I think he went to left, left the left side dominant. Yeah. But I know that helped with his power production because – the short porch at Yankee Stadium is like three fourteen down the right field line, and with him being a lefty, and he did have pop. Correct. He hit a lot of home runs there. Yes, and then to round out the ballot, we have Michael Kadire, Rocky. I mean, he was a, he was always a good player. Michael like, Kud- I'm, Michael Kadire hit a lot of home runs. Yes. I remember that for a fact. Yes, he's always a solid. Minnesota player. Twins, right? And Rockies. Colorado. Ooh, yeah. Shoot, I think he's gonna go in as a twin though. I think he spent most of his career in Minnesota, right? Uh, I'm pretty sure, yes, was, correct. He spent... Was it Minnesota? Ten was years. Was he in Minnesota, then he went to the Rockies? Yes. Yeah. So, that rounds out, like, the newcomers. I mean, this is the last year for Schilling, Clemens, 
and Bonds. This who, is the last year for Schilling, too? Yeah. Schilling ha- might have to get in. I would hope. I honestly, all, all three she of them. It. I mean, Bear, Bonds is the one that I really feel like should definitely get in. Well, He's, just because, I mean, and I mean, obviously this is a touchy topic for very, baseball guys like me and you and for everybody else who's a fan of the game. Barry Bonds is the greatest hitter of all time. Correct. Besides, for me, Pete Rose. Pete Rose now didn't have the home run numbers. Like, I think Pete Rose hit two, 300 home runs during his career. Yeah, but he also had over 4,000 hits. Yeah, and Pete Rose didn't do anything to enhance his performance. And now this is where people will sit, get touchy about it. Steroids makes you stronger. It, it, and that that's why people take steroids. But without steroids, yeah, you can't tell, like, you can't say, like, because he did take steroids, so you can't go back in the past and be like, what would Barry Bonds' numbers be like if he didn't take roids? But at the same time, Barry Bonds was still a great hitter. Nonetheless, fact, if he didn't even take roids, he would still be a great hitter. It has nothing, like, steroids don't do anything to mess with your baseball swing. They ne- do nothing to mess with your hand-eye coordination. Without roids, I think Barry Bonds is still a great, would, would have still been a great hitter. He was still a big, big man. Like, he, I think the power numbers would be there. But the argument is, you, we we won't know. We would not. Ne- we will never know because he did take steroids. Now Pete Rose never did anything to enhance his performance. He did bet on the game, which a lot of people obviously don't like, and that's what, why he's not in the Hall of Fame. But Pete Rose had over four thousand hits. Didn't do a single thing to mess he with. He bet his on game. his own team. I mean, come and he on. bet on his own team, and he did like. And I think Pete Rose should be a Hall of Famer. Now I, I have this argument with my dad, who's the biggest baseball fan I know, knows the, about the game more than anybody I know. My dad thinks that Pete Rose should not be in the Hall of Fame because he bet on the he bet on the game in general. But I said, like my argument is what you just said, like Pete Rose bet on himself, he bet on his own team to win games. He didn't do anything to like make a bad name of baseball no. personally, I don't think, but like obviously I think I don't know who the GM or the excuse me, the commissioner was at the time and nor do I really care, but obviously they were like nope and now he's off the ballot. And kind of just screwed up his whole life after that he, yeah he, he signs he signs spiral. autographs in a mall as of now for yeah. money mm-hmm. anyway moving on to our favorite and final segment segment of our podcast fantasy football you already know how i how i uh, yeah did this week she didn't have such, or jake didn't have such a good week <coughs> this week however i had a major week i Who'd you play this week i played Jacob Box pitcher. Shout out. He was four and or yeah, he was He's four, four and, and he was four and five at the time. Four and six, right? He's four and six. I beat him by hundred points on the dot. What was the final? Uh seventy two to one hundred and seventy two. Yeah. He did not have such a good week. I mean he's got some good players, however, going down the list for me, Josh Allen scored twenty seven, Alvin Kamara scored thirty four, uh Swift, DeAndre Swift for the uh, Lions. DeAndre Swift's having like having a good year. Yeah, he put put up twenty. He's a rookie too. Almost he put up twenty six. Juju Smith Schuster put up twenty two. Okay, now DK Metcalf kind of surprised me. Four point eight. Has well, he been inconsistent. Well, it's Russell. Lockett. It's Russell Westbrook just picking a wide receiver. Or Russell. Ru- yeah. Russell Westbrook plays basketball. <laughs> Russ, my bad. Russell Wilson picking a wide receiver, and whoever catches the ball first in the first quarter, that's the target for the rest of the day. So that's how that goes. And then Gorder, the f- tight end, scored seven, 7.3. Stephon Diggs scored 25. Chicago's defense scored 10. 
and Chris Boswell, my kicker, scored 14. Wow. So I had wow. a very solid week that now puts me at 8 and 2. So I'm going to just keep the train rolling at this point. Just keep it rolling. Yeah, absolutely. Well, on a side note, I lost 112 to 86 to shout out pitcher on the baseball team, Andrew Downer. That drops my record to a solid three and seven on the year. I was at three and three. I've lost, and I was hoping to turn my season around. Made some trades, acquired some guys, made some good acquisition acquisitions and stuff. Didn't pay off for me, and I'm three and seven now. I've lost four straight. Now Deshaun Watson was the big, the big issue for me this week. He only scored 14 for me. And they played the Cleveland Browns, who are a little bit better this year. But I expected a lot better out of Deshaun because Deshaun is fast. He's quick in the pocket. He's a good passer. 14 points. Didn't play for me. Whatever. Now, the part that that bit me was James Con- my running backs, James Conner and James McKinnon. I picked up James McKinnon as a free agent because he's had a decent year. He's a top 20 running back in the league. Uh, I mainly picked him up because... Todd Gurley was on bye. Now, my running backs combined for a total of 11 points. Dang. And that's what killed me this week. Keenan Allen, 13 points. Not bad. Not great. Adam Thielen had a good week. 20 points. Jimmy Graham had zero receptions, zero yards yesterday. I think he got hurt. I would say so. And then Baltimore's defense, who's usually been pretty good this year, one point. Now, guess who carried my team? Matt Prater, the GOAT, 16 points. Yep. On my bench, Cole Beasley, 28 points. Matt Stafford, 23. Rodrigo, 11. He's my other option for my kicker. I wasn't playing him because Matt Prater, GOAT. Yeah. And then DJ Moore, who I should have played. I was I was arguing having him or Brandon Cooks in, and I decided to play Brandon Cooks because he was projected more. Brandon Cooks only scored me 10, and DJ Moore was at 20. So I made a boo-boo this week, whatever. I wasn't going to win the game anyways. Downer had a good week as well. Not a great week. Um, the t- uh, his, uh, flex was, his flex was uh, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, he scored uh, 19, 19.7 for Downer. And then other than that, he had 16. Cream Hunt got him 16. James Robinson got him 13. Herbert got him 20. So... The problem with me was my quarterback and then my my running backs. If they both were to have better weeks, I would have won. Well, so you can only look forward to next week. I play Max Doss, which is should should knock on wood. Because he's one and eight, right? Be a win. Yes, I'm hoping for that. And for you, I got Jacob you, Bucks this week. You played Bucks. Who you recently just beat. I'm also projected. Well, never mind. I'm now projected less, but I'm going to turn turn that around. I'm going to beat Bucks this week. I'm going to finish the year at least four games under 500. That's my goal. That's your goal. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a, that's a pretty good goal to set. I'm I'm sh- I'm ship Hopefully hunting. Three. Hopefully I'm three. ship hunting at this point, looking <coughs> for a ship, looking for a trophy, looking for a ring, and yeah, that's all, that's all we got for this week. Jake, you got anything else to add? No, um, I'll end it on it. We're going into break here, and we should have we'll have one more we have one, one more, more podcast. podcast. Um, that podcast is going to be done over the phone. It's going to be a little bit different, but it's our last one. We appreciate everybody who's tuned in so far this year, our few few listeners. Yep. But um, it's been fun, and we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Yeah. Again, this is the Wally Pit Podcast. I'm Ryan Upton. And I'm Jake. Have a great day.